to see one of the well-known people in Plainfield, well-liked person in Plainfield, hanging there upside down and uh, dressed out like a deer. Uh, it's hard to explain how a man uh, feels when he sees something like that. Hey guys, welcome to another Serial Snippet. It's me, your host, Brendan Shea, and with me, this time, is the lovely, the beautiful... Annie Weaves. You say it like I've not been with you every other time, Well, basically. it's a snippet. We haven't done it every time together. That's true. The last few we have, but this time we're together. So, it's Halloween. We're back for another episode that we're going to talk about uh, something that people make synonymous with Halloween. It's a killer and he's synonymous with halloween because there's been so many movies based on this guy's crime so annie take it away what are we talking about today i have to say it's the last week of halloween which makes me really sad jay you know this is my favorite time of the year but before we introduce tonight's story do you want to tell everybody about the really cool event that we just booked for next year we are super stoked to announce that we the Serial Spirits Podcast, will be part of a podcasting event going on at Mothman Festival 2020. As you know, Annie and I are huge fans of the Mothman Festival, and we are super stoked to now be part of it, to have our names written in the annals of Mothman Festival history. <laughs> the annals of Mothman. <laughs> the annals. The annals. The annals. I heard annals of oh, Mothman. It's the annals. And that's a wormhole I don't want to go into today. So we're super excited that Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories have asked us to be part of Mothman Live in Point Pleasant. So on this Saturday of the Mothman Festival, September 19th, 2020, we are going to be doing a live podcasting event with Hillbilly Horror Stories, Hysteria 51, and Mysterious Circumstances. Tickets are already available for that on Eventbrite. I know it's like a year in advance, but we're super excited about that. They're expecting double, maybe triple the crowd that we had there this year. And so we'll be posting more about that as time uh, draws closer. But we're super excited for that event already. So all of you fans of Mothman, you can come check us out and all these other great podcasts. And uh, we are super, super stoked to be part of this. Like I'm, I'm beyond excited. I mean, you, you, you know how I feel about Mothman right. Festival. Right, I know how you feel about it. Yeah, so I'm 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 excited. I can't wait. I'm so so super super stoked. Here we go. Yes, Mothman well, it's, 2020. It's a year away, so don't get super super stoked already. Okay, so back to the topic at hand tonight, Shay. You and I are attending a Halloween party tonight, and I've already kind of picked out my outfit in honor of the person that we are going to be discussing here tonight on this snippet. Yes, so we're going to mirror this with a favorite movie of ours that we watched last Halloween. It was the first time I actually watched it, and uh, it mirrors this killer's life, and it's not based on, and it's based on his character. It's almost like a biopic film. Okay, so. so Shay, do you remember the movie Silence of the Lambs? Of course. What about the villain from the char- from the movie Buffalo Bill? Of course. Okay. So did you know that his character was actually based on a real 
person. I absolutely did. You did, didn't you? I absolutely you? did. So tonight, let us introduce all of you to the life and crimes of the deeply disturbed man dubbed the plain-filled ghoul, Ed Gein. Here we go, Ed Gein. Ed Gein for Halloween, the last week of Halloween. <laughs> On a frigid November night in 1957, a murder investigation would lead police to the farmhouse of Ed Gein. Within minutes, deputies found a headless, nude, mutilated female body hanging upside down in a shed. Ed Gein was born in 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin, on a remote farm to George and Augusta Gein. George was an alcoholic who couldn't keep a job, and Augusta came to despise him for this. She segregated her family from society as she felt the influence of the outside world contributed to their family problems. Augusta was a devout Lutheran who also preached the evil ways of the world to her children, including the belief that all women, besides her, of course, were vile and promiscuous and carried sexually transmitted diseases. Of course. Of course they did. Of course they did. Of They do. They still do. Really? You think so? <laughs> George died in 1940, leaving the farm in the hands of Ed and his brother Henry. In 1944, Ed and Henry were burning vegetation on the farm when the fire went out of control and the local fire department was called. It was then that Ed told the firefighters he could not find Henry. The fire was extinguished and Henry's body was found. He suffered no burns and the immediate cause of death was named as heart failure, but the coroner later changed his cause of death to asphyxiation. It was later rumored that when Henry's body was found, he was said to have red bruises on his head. Ed and his mother were now alone on the farm, and soon Augusta suffered numerous strokes that left her bedridden, Ed becoming her sole caregiver. She continued to preach the evilness of the world to Ed, encouraging him to keep himself from others. Their worlds revolved around one another until her death in 1945. Ed was now completely alone, and he needed to do something to fill his loneliness. He began visiting the local cemeteries late at night, first to his mother's grave. He then began perusing local newspapers for the obituaries of women and visited their graves as well. Ed stated that most of the time he just sat in the cemeteries in a dazed-like state. So here we go. Here's a killer who had, obviously, mommy issues. I've not gotten to do my mommy issue alert in a while. Yeah, well, you there, gotta bring it there back you go. for Ed Gein. There you go. I think the last time you did it was actually Ed Kemper. Maybe not. There the was Eds. probably a couple in there, but Ed's a real effed up. So we have we talked about the movie Deranged, right? It's it's a it's a horror movie from the 1970s, and it's actually one of these weird movies uh, that makes no sense right away because you're watching this and all of a sudden a guy walks out of nowhere. It's like all this like weird, creepy music to begin the, the movie. And then you get this guy walk out in a trench coat with this sh shitty comb over. He's real Robert Stacky. No, he's wor he's not Robert <laughs> Stacky. He's like pedophile. Well, he just comes out of the shadows in his trench coat. And he's got and a trench coat big, and these big, thick glasses, these big round like glasses and this sh shitty comb over. And he's like, we're here to tell you a story, a really bad story about this killer and it's like it's weird it just comes out of nowhere and then it, it the scene opens up with Ezra Cobb who's supposed to be Ed Gein's character he's feeding his mother soup and she's telling him like you know how bad women are and all this other stuff and she's laying in bed just like Annie described after she had all these strokes and it's uh 
it's a mirror of his life, but it, you can almost see like how they portray it in the movie. Like, yeah, it must have been weird for him to when she finally died that he was alone, and now he he follows one of them characteristics of a killer, and he's now stalking women, but he's stalking dead women. So that's because they're easier to stalk than live yeah, women. But I mean, maybe? but but it's just the characteristic trait of he's still stalking. He they're wasn't still, very smooth. There's, st- there's still stalking involved. <laughs> is my point. So he's still looking for victims but they just happen to be already be deceased like you said soon ed's mo changed he began digging up these graves and removing the bodies taking them to his home and a twisted sort of harvest began he created a quote woman suit from his mother's remains skinning her and pinning the skin up in the house to literally quote crawl into her skin ed's grave robbing continued for more than a decade until a living victim, Bernice Warden, went missing in 1957. Bernice worked at a local hardware store and was reported missing by her son on the day of her disappearance. According to witnesses, a pickup truck resembling Ed's was seen leaving the store earlier in the day, and the last sales receipt on file was for a gallon of antifreeze, which is what Ed had told Bernice's son he was in the store to purchase. Police went to Ed's home, and the horrors they discovered there were far beyond anything they ever could have imagined. Ed had created his own shrine to the dead. From this point on, listener discretion advised because I'm about to list some of the things that were found on Ed Gein's property. Here we go. Happy Halloween. Found throughout Ed's house were whole human bones and fragments of bone, a wastebasket and lampshade made from human skin, human skin covering several chair seats, Skulls on Ed's bedpost. Bowls made from human skulls. A corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist. Leggings made from human leg skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. The skin and the skull of another local missing woman named Mary Hogan. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack and her heart in a plastic bag. Wow. Female genitalia in a shoebox. A belt made from female human nipples. Oh my God. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. And fingernails from female fingers. So you know, you can just picture that he's walking around his house and all this stuff. And I guarantee you, he wore his nipple belt out to the bar quite a few times. Um, I mean... Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to wear your nipple belt out? I don't know. It, it's certainly a, or your Volvo, a fashion Your statement. Volvo pumps. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you think Too about much. it. You know you know, he's in his house walking around, and that's why they based the character Buffalo Bill off of Ed Gein, because you have the whole scenario of this guy walking around the basement wearing a woman's skin, and he liked to keep rub the lotion on the skin so you can keep your skin smooth and moist and it'll fit me better i guess i don't know but he actually said that he would wear the skin out at night when he went to the cemeteries and the investigators went as far as to ask him did you ever do anything with these bodies other than skin them and they meant like sexually and his response was no they smelled too bad yeah he had he probably thought about it and he was like oh it stinks Probably, but he was so, I would imagine, sexually inept because of all of the things that his mother had said to him. I don't know that he would have even known how to approach it. 
Maybe. But they approach it in the movie as when he goes to start digging up these bodies, he's getting a voice in his head that's his mom. So he goes and he finds his mom's grave and he digs her up and she's alive looking at him, telling him, oh, thank you. Bring me home. Bring me home. And like, you know, he carries her, puts her in the truck and goes home and puts her back in bed and like pretends to take care of her like she's still alive. So, I mean, mentally, maybe that's what he was seeing. And I think that was a good rendition in the movie because he he is seeing her alive and still hearing her voice. So maybe this is this is part of the psychology of what he's going through. A Washara County Sheriff's deputy discovered Bernice Warden's decapitated body in a shed on Gein's property, hung upside down by her legs with a crossbar at her ankles and ropes around her wrists. The torso was, quote, dressed out like a deer. She had been shot with a 22 caliber rifle and the mutilations were made post-mortem. Ed was arrested and questioned not only about the gruesome findings on his property, but also about several other missing women in the area. Ed confessed to digging graves and murdering Bernice and Mary Hogan, but he was reportedly assaulted by a local deputy during the questioning, the officer banging Ed's face and head into a brick wall. The confessions were later ruled inadmissible due to the assault. Shocker. On November 21, 1957, Gein was arraigned on one count of first-degree murder in Washoa County Court, where he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent, thus unfit for trial. He was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, a maximum security facility in Walpin, Wisconsin, and later transferred to the Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. In 1968, doctors at the facility where Ed was being held reported that he was now fit to stand trial, giving details about the death of Bernice Warden, now stating that her death had actually been an accidental shooting. A second trial was held, and Ed was found guilty on one count of murder by a lone judge. However, a secondary trial to determine Ed's competence was held, and he was again found legally insane and returned to the psychiatric hospital, where he would live out the rest of his days. Ed Gein died at the Mendota State Hospital from lung cancer in 1984 at age 77. Ed's home and 195-acre property, including all of his belongings, were scheduled to be auctioned to the public in March 1958. The local townspeople feared that the property would become some type of ghoulish tourist attraction. On March 20, 1958, Ed's home mysteriously burned to the ground, destroying whatever secrets that were still held there. His truck, which had been used to transport the bodies he dug from local cemeteries, was auctioned off and purchased by a carnival owner, who turned the vehicle into a sideshow attraction and charged the public 25 cents to see it. Nice. Always trying to make uh, money off tragedy. Over the years, Ed Gein's story has been detailed numerous times in publications and on film. Shay, you have a list of all of the films that Ed Gein was kind of the inspiration for, right? Yeah. First of all, I want to talk about Deranged, our favorite film, because this movie is direct biopic and it was made in 1974. And it was after the trials, of course, not too long after the trials, not even 10 years. And um, it stars somebody that people our age probably know. Uh, So in this movie, like I'm just going to give you a brief IMDb of the movie and give you the description. First of all, the movie got an 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it's absolutely terrible. 
The budget was only $200,000 in 1974, which probably back then was a lot of money. But if you see the movie, you're really like, that's what $200,000 went towards. I think it was $200,000 absolutely well spent. Well, yeah. Because it's still nah, one of no. my favorite it's, it, movies The movie ever. sucks. The movie sucks, but it's great. You have it to watch it. It sucks in a great way, though. It's it, yeah. one of those that you it's, can't it's, help it's a classic. but watch it. It's a classic. You have to watch it. And when you start watching the movie, you're just automatically transfixed. Like I said, creepy pedophile man walks out and starts talking about you know the, the movie. But uh, it stars Robert Blossom as Ezra Cobb. And for those of you who don't, know who Robert Blossom is, I'll just give you a brief uh, character description from another movie that we all know and love that came out around Christmas time years ago, and it starred Macaulay Culkin. And in the movie, there's a character who walks around town with a garbage can full of salt and a shovel, and all the kids say that he chops up little kids and puts him in the salt and whatever. But Ezra Cobb, the man who plays Ezra Cobb, a.k.a. Ed Gein in this movie, is that old man. He's Kevin McAllister's neighbor, creepy old neighbor that he makes friends with in the church. That makes it even better to watch him do all of this stuff on film. But the main line in the movie that he says is, yes'm, and deranged all the time. You know there's a lot of movies out there, and some of the classics that have spawned from the murder of Ed Gein. Obviously, we've already talked about one, Silence of the Lambs. The character Buffalo Bill is based off Ed Gein. We also have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Leatherface, the character, is based off Ed Gein because the simple fact that he makes masks out of human skin and wears them. Okay, There's been a slew of movies that have come out, and one came out in uh, 2007 entitled Ed Gein, the Plainfield Butcher, and it basically is a, another take, Hollywood's take on his life and makes him this creepy guy. And if you think about it, how he actually lived, you know, he was a guy who wasn't sociable. He was socially awkward, I think. He lived with his mother and probably was the only female involved in his life. So he really couldn't manage well in society. And obviously, he developed these homicidal tendencies at first being. You know, he wanted to make skin out of dead bodies and then decided I'm going to kill and make skin out of, you know, skin suits out of live female bodies. So you should go check out the movie Deranged. If any movie, if you haven't seen any, you need to watch this because it's a, uh, I don't want to say comical take on Ed Gein, but it's, it's great. It's fantastic. So what other movies did the life of Ed Gein inspire? There's one in my brain that I specifically can think of. Oh, yeah. What's that one? Psycho. Norman Bates and Psycho. Psycho, yes. Psycho. Because of the whole mother aspect of it. I mean, it's weird how much all this stuff with moms really do mess with these killers. But Psycho is. That's a classic. That's been remade a couple times. But yes, Psycho is based on the life of Ed Gein. So we actually found the movie deranged on amazon on like a double feature it's one of those that you could flip the disc over and there's another one on the other side and i think the other one was called motel hell motel hell where they bury people and then chop them up and i think sausages. make like sausage make sausages. out of their Human bodies so, daddy would you like some sausage <laughs> daddy would you like some sausages so yes we make light of it because of these movies that have been inspired but ed gein was a really really deranged person And his crimes were just completely out there. And so we thought we wanted to bring that story to you 
for Halloween so that you might be able to incorporate these classic films into your film watching for Halloween. Into your repertoire of horror movies. So that's going to go ahead and do it for us this week on Serial Spirits, the podcast of this serial snippet. Make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review because it really does help out the show. Go to ParanormalWarehouse.com, check out all the great shows. They're all on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. So go check us out, Facebook, Twitter, everything, all the works. I'm going to leave you with the trailer for our favorite movie we talked about tonight, Deranged. Until then, guys, be aware and be safe. This is where the worst begins. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. Death! The nightmare of insane murder and lingering death. Deranged. For Mary, it was only the beginning. For Christine, it was already too late. For Dolly, the worst was yet to come. And only Mrs. Cobb knew what he would do next. I really love you, Mary. what you see but sometimes it's true the story of a trail of butchery so brutal that newspapers refuse to print its horrifying details when the horror becomes unbearable it is too late to scream Once again, thank you for listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Check us out weekly on Paranormal Warehouse at ParanormalWarehouse.com, on iTunes at Serial Spirits, and on SoundCloud. Please rate and review the show. Follow us on all your social media apps. Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits, and on Instagram. Until next time, be aware and be safe.